Welcome to Dare, Share, Create the podcast. Conversations, concepts and insights from people who have dared to go after their dreams, who share their gifts with the world and who create the life that they want. I'm your host, Elizabeth Valentine, voiceover artist, singer, speaker and coach. This podcast aims to free you from whatever's holding you back, spark transformation and is designed to give you the courage, inspiration, permission and tools to live your best, most inspired and fulfilled life so you can make the biggest positive impact in the world. Now, on to today's conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome to another solo episode with me, Elizabeth Valentine. I hope you're doing well. Did you listen to last week's episode with Mason Dyson Roberts, who is a former mixed martial arts athlete and is now a men's holistic performance coach? So, you know, as I said in that episode, although there is rightly so lots of important and needed conversations about women, equality, safety, violence, etc., It is also really important that we have conversations about men. And I found Mason's personal story about going from having external success, but feeling crap inside, burnt out, and like life was a constant struggle, to now having both external and internal success and feeling happy, fulfilled, and living a great life of purpose. Because that's the key, isn't it? If what you do is making you feel like crap, then it doesn't matter that society tells you that you should be happy with it and this is what success looks like. If it makes you feel bad, then you want to question whether or not it's for you and whether or not you should continue. But of course, don't confuse feeling bad with the pain or discomfort that is part of achieving something great. Because it does come with pain and discomfort and hard work. But you know, there's a difference between feeling really drained and tired because you kind of hate what you do and having that sort of satisfying tiredness that comes from having achieved something, ticked off your to-do list, worked hard or indulged in your favorite hobby or thing to do. I remember in my early 20s indulging in both people and behaviors that made me feel good or even great in the moment, but it made me feel bad afterwards. And I started paying attention to that because if something or someone makes you feel bad when you're not doing it or when you're not with them, that's a big clue for you. I was having a conversation around this topic with a friend who felt like they should be super excited about something because on paper, it was perfect. And they were making themselves feel wrong for not being that excited about it. But it's very matter of fact, really. Does something make you feel excited and expanded? Or doesn't it? Like Marie Kondo says, does it spark joy? If yes, great, keep it. If no, thank it and let it go. Feeling like you should feel something when you're not, it's always a bit of a dangerous territory. Adita Von Tees has a saying that I'm sure I've mentioned before, but I think it's important when it comes to choosing how you spend your time, with whom and how you live your life. And also in dealing with rejection, which is something that we all have to deal with, either rejecting someone or something or being rejected by someone or something. So she says this, you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and there will still be people who don't like peaches. And it's the other way around, you know, 
someone or something may be perfect, but it may not be perfect for you or it may just not be to your preference. It's too easy to settle for things that aren't actually in alignment with us, our values, our goals, our dreams or our preferences, because we feel like we shouldn't reject something when there's nothing wrong with it or when everyone says, but that's a great idea, you should totally do that or when society or media tells you that this is what success looks like. But how do you define success? What are your preferences? What makes you happy? What gives you a really deep sense of pleasure and satisfaction? And wherever your naughty brain has jumped to, that was not what I meant. What is the nerdy things that you like to do or the quiet things that you like to do? Or the things that you would do even if there was no reward for it, just because it makes you feel good? And the great thing about having different preferences is that then it should mean that there's enough for everyone because everyone doesn't want the same thing. Apart from the things in Maslow's needs pyramid like shelter, warmth, food and drink and companionship. But even that looks different to different people. I think at the moment there's such a big binary culture going on. If I say I like pears, then some apple lover is going to come at me going, but what's wrong with apples? They're delicious too. But that's not really the point, is it? I may just prefer pears, but that doesn't mean I'm criticizing apples. Of course, in choosing one thing, we will automatically reject other options. And this is something I've certainly found hard in my life and career because I like to do lots of different things. I like lots of different things like most of us do. And for the longest time, I believed that I was only able to choose one thing. And when I made that choice, that was it. When I was a teenager, I went to a singing competition. And, you know, I didn't win or anything. I didn't even go to the semifinals. But of course, it was a big thing. And there was all these experts. And everyone was telling us. And this was like a common theme. They were like, oh, well, if you can imagine doing anything else, anything but music, don't pursue music. If you can imagine doing anything else, then do that. Don't do music. And I remember then thinking, oh no, really? But what a load of bollocks, excuse my French. And I think that this is a consistent message lots of people get, whether it's to do with music, whether it is to do with art. You know, if they want to pursue their dreams, if their dreams are bigger than their peers or slightly outside the box, then you get a message that, oh, it's going to be too difficult. You can't make money. What's your fallback plan? And we have to remember that that's their fear talking and their limiting beliefs and perhaps also their bitterness because they didn't go for what they wanted. But this message that I was consistently told as a young teenager And growing up was like, well, if you can imagine doing anything else, do it, don't do music. It made me really full of doubt and made me feel wrong for thinking, well, yeah, but yeah, I want to be a performer. But I could also do this other thing or this thing or that thing if it doesn't work out. And it's almost like, oh, well, if I can't do music in one specific limited way, like be a pop star, be a musical theatre performer, then I might as well give up in advance. And you know what? If I had listened to those so-called experts, who, thinking back now, 
They may have been experts in my tiny little pond. But really, should I have been listening to them? Because had I, had I been listening to them, I probably wouldn't have gone to London. I wouldn't have performed in front of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. I wouldn't have performed at Wembley Arena, Royal Albert Hall, Hammersmith Apollo, jazz festivals, been on primetime Saturday night entertainment shows on the BBC or have done the New Year's Eve show in Berlin from 2009 to 2010, where I sang in front of a million people. Yeah, I was the backing singer, but who cares? And you know what? If, God forbid, (laughs) if I suddenly lost my voice tomorrow, there would be a bunch of other things I could do. And yeah, I think for some people, they do come into this world with such a strong mission that there's only one thing for them really to do in this lifetime. But I think for a lot of us, it's not so much about the actual thing. It's more about the needs and values and boxes that need to be ticked off for us to feel fulfilled and happy. And although there are some universal values, of course, Your interpretation of them and how important the different values are to you will be unique to you. But when we look at those boxes, it actually means that the whole world opens up to you because there can be lots of different things you can do that tick those boxes. And this is something I do with my coaching clients when they're unsure about which direction to go into. I think it's called a values elicitation process. And it's something I learned when I was studying coaching, where you look at, for instance, your favorite job. Okay, what were the things that you loved about that job? And then you find all those values. And then you can look at something that you really hated. Okay, what was it that didn't work for you? So you know that you need the opposite of that. So for instance, I value freedom and variety and autonomy and financial security, but I think we all value that. And then I value connection and creativity and growth and purpose and helping and making a difference. So if I look at how I've, how I've scheduled my life or how my life has turned out for my TV job, I get freedom, autonomy, some creativity, financial security. All those boxes get ticked and that's wonderful. It doesn't fulfill my need for making a a difference to people's lives and, and helping people grow. So I get that from my coaching business and this podcast and my social media and conversations with people, etc. I think we want to be really careful when we think that Our job or our friend or our partner can fulfill all of our needs because that's just putting too much pressure on that one part of our life. Because how can one job or one person live up to that? I mean, perhaps that's why many people go around feeling disappointed or are leaving jobs or relationships that could actually be fulfilling if we recognize what needs and value boxes they tick and which boxes we could get ticked somewhere else in our life. So what do you value? What boxes do you need to get ticked for you to feel like you're really thriving? 
And I think in this sort of old paradigm, this very binary thing, we're very much asking, ooh, is the glass half full or half empty when the truth is it's refillable? Can I only do one thing? Of course not. You get to choose and you get the chance to change your mind. And just because something made you feel happy and fulfilled 10 years ago, and that was your idea of success, then it might not be what you need or want now. And that's okay. So I guess my invitation to you this week is to spend a little uninterrupted time with your notebook and write all the things down that makes you tick and that are important to you and that make you feel alive. And you can think back to what your favorite job or hobby or time of your life was and try and pinpoint what it was in that situation that you loved and that made you thrive. And that gave you energy. Did you work as part of a team? Is teamwork really high on your values? Or do you maybe like to be left alone to get on with things? Then having a manager who micromanages you is probably not going to be a great fit for you. You know, do you value adventure, but your partner values structure and familiarity? Then you might have some conflict of interests. By knowing yourself, and what boxes that are important for you to have ticked. It becomes so much easier to know not only what dreams to go after, but how to create a life that you truly want to live. That's what it's all about, isn't it? So that was this week's thoughts. Did they make you think? And maybe reevaluate how you think about certain parts of your life and what your expectations are and where you can go oh my god maybe I know now why I'm not feeling so excited about my life at the moment it's because adventure is really high on my values list and I've basically done the same thing day in and day out for the past eight months okay Could you then plan a tiny adventure? It could still be within your city. Or if actually you really value variety, but you take the same route to work every day. If you're commuting to work, that is. Okay, could you go another route and discover something else? See something different? If you're having too much variety in your life, but you really crave stability and structure okay how can you put some structure into your life yeah anyway this was what i had on my mind for this week's episode of dare share create i hope you enjoyed it if you did please do let me know and as always keep daring keep sharing and keep creating bye